Welcome to the Seminary Support Podcast, where you will find help to start, finish, and get the most out of your seminary experience. I'm your host, Mark McElreath. I have a little bit of a writing suite coming at you in these next few episodes. I interview the author of a book called From Topic to Thesis. It's a great book on doing theological research, and I found it greatly helped me. In fact, I'm using it now, writing a paper with my doctorate, and I think it will help you if you're doing any kind of research or writing uh, in seminary. I interview the author, Dr. Michael Kibbe, and uh, we get into a number of things. This first episode, we talk a lot about what theological research is and what it's not. We discuss the reason why research is important and how to do good research. And really, this episode is kind of a foundational episode, building toward the five things that he gives and how you can go from topic to thesis in your research. So I hope you enjoy. Our guest today has a Ph.D. in Biblical and Theological Studies and is the author of From Topic to Thesis, A Guide to Theological Research. Dr. Michael Kibbe, welcome to Seminary Support. Thank you very much, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you for being here. We appreciate your time. Uh, Dr. Kibbe, writing, of course, is a big part of seminary work, and you have done your fair share of it, I know. But what prompted you really to take this on and write a book on writing pretty much. So what kind of led you into that? Absolutely. So I went to seminary with a little bit of a research and writing background. I did a a bachelor's degree in Bible, and then I, I got to work for a Christian nonprofit for a couple of years where there was a fairly sizable research team within the nonprofit. And I, I got to sit under them for a couple of years. So when I went to seminary, Uh, I was looking for part-time work. My wife was working, but I wanted to to add a little bit to that. And so I went to the the writing center at the seminary and told them my background. And they said, great, you know, we need people and primarily to edit student papers. So students who were not confident in writing would bring their papers by the writing center and say, can you help me? And so I would take someone's paper, make comments about grammar and, and these sorts of basic things. Mainly that was to help the international students a lot of second language learners who just didn't have English quite to where they needed it to be. So we were helping them. Over time, that turned into a couple of workshops that I did. And one of those workshops was was an introduction to research. And so again, you'd have students, particularly those who were second career folks, you know, maybe they did an undergraduate degree in engineering, and then later God brought them to seminary. And they said, you know, I have no idea how to do a Bible paper, a a topical paper, a theology paper, no idea what I'm doing. And so we did a two hour, three hour seminar on some research. And mainly that consisted of me going around to all the faculty and saying, what do you want me to say? Because I'm not the expert on this. You're the experts. You're the ones reading papers. What do you want me to say? And so I spent Mm -hmm. a couple of terms, a couple of semesters, just knocking on doors and saying, I love research. This is fun to me, but I don't want to pretend like I really know the answers to these questions. What do you want me to tell people? Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a seminar. And so we'd get together and people would bring in their papers and say, where do I start? What do I do? And over time, it, you know, it got a little longer, got a little longer, got a little longer. And I started talking to some, some colleagues during graduate school and saying, is there a book in this? And they all said, here's the problem. I don't have time to teach students within my class how to do a research paper. Yeah. You know, that's a couple of class sessions. Right. 
um, I need them to learn somewhere and there aren't a lot of materials out there that are really manageable. There's a couple books that are three, four, 500 pages long. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to assign that as a supplemental reading. Nobody's going to read it. And so the vision was what's short, what's sweet, what's to the point, what's affordable, just to give people a roadmap to get started. So that that's where the project came from. That's great. It's amazing how probably little did you know, hey, I'm going to go help some students read some papers. And then mm-hmm. from from when you started doing that to when you put the book out, about how long time frame was that? Sure. So I started doing that writing center work and the seminars in 2009. Mm-hmm. And the book came out in 2016. So now, it was a seven-year process, give or yeah, take. And while you were earning then your PhD, were you also building that book? Or did they kind of go about alongside each other? A little bit. So the, the bulk of the material, the five steps and so forth, the, the definitions of terms and all that, that came together while I was in seminary. Hmm. And then it sat on the back burner for a while during graduate school. But then I had to go back to it and say, okay, now I've done research <laughs> at, at a much higher level. What sort of things need to change? Let me tweak some things. Uh, in particular, the example. So one of the papers I talked through my own experience was when I wrote in graduate school. The appendix that identifies the right primary sources, which is a real complicated thing, that was yeah. all much later. I, I wouldn't have known any of the answers to those questions mm-hmm. in seminary. So those pieces came in during my graduate work. And then it was during my first year after graduate school, my first year of teaching, when I really sat down and said, okay, I, I want to pursue a publisher with this. I really want to make this work. Um, yeah. So there was a couple years gap, but then came back to it late in grad school. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great. Polished it up while you, you know, from your own experience, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I found, I found the introduction, I about as helpful as any other part of the book and not, not, not that the five, parts that you go into are not helpful. They're very helpful. But I want to bring up some of the points you made from the introduction. I want to tell our listeners, you can actually download the introduction as a free sample off of Kindle. And I think it'll give you enough to see this is really helpful. I think it'll whet your appetite for it. But you give an illustration, I think, on the first page of the introduction about a man goes to Home Depot, buys a ceiling fan, and he's going to put this ceiling fan up. And you say he has, he has three options. He can either A, call the expert to come in and put it up, or he can B, just wing it, dump everything out on the floor, figure it out himself, or C, he can read the instructions. And you say, you know, this book is is your C. It's your reading the instructions. But mm-hmm. tell me, in your own words, why can't you call the experts and why can't you just wing it? Sure. Well, winging it essentially would mean – pull up your internet browser and Google the term you're interested in. Because that's what we all do. The (laughs) the very first thing, right? Right. And so there's a process there because you Google things, I Google things. Mm -hmm. um, And there's, there's a, there's a developmental process, a maturation process of understanding what sort of things are safe to Google and Mm -hmm. what sort of things are not safe to Google. Mm -hmm. And the meaning of biblical texts would go on the not safe to Google list. Mm -hmm. Um, who knows what you're going to find? So right. there's the, there's a discernment process of what sort of sources, internet or otherwise, are actually going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. So winging, or the other way to wing it is to simply walk into your institution's library and wander around until you find something. Oh yeah, uh, you, you might you might. Uh, I wouldn't right. count on it. There, right. There's a time factor there. Right. So 
the so that winging it that not probably a great idea asking the experts you could answer this probably a variety of ways depending on the discipline uh, if if you're in the sciences there's probably one reason not to simply do that in the humanities another reason in theological research my goal is to know god and mm -hmm. i actually think there are some wonderful ways that you can move forward in that journey through research. Yeah. But, but ultimately, I'm not trying to get a publication. I'm not trying to get an A. I'm not trying to graduate. I mean, these are all secondary goods if I can attain them, but I want to know God. Mm -hmm. And simply assuming that whoever my favorite expert is happens to know all the answers, I'm not getting to know God. I'm getting to know that person. Mm. And as wonderful as that person might be, <laughs> they are not God. Right. Can, can we drill down there just a little bit, uh, going yeah. to the experts? And of course, there are people we go to and resources we find. But what do you find, and maybe you dealt with this in your own studies or you see it in others, you know, the danger in, I don't want to say becoming overly academic, I don't know maybe what the wording is, but that you you make God too academic almost. Sure. And you leave out the whole spiritual side of that. Can you give maybe some warning to those who are in seminary yeah, work about that? Absolutely. And, and that can come from several directions. I was, I was blessed. I'll be honest. I was blessed in my undergraduate that when I think about maybe the two or three most important papers I wrote, the, the very deep analysis, the multiple all-nighters, the going to the library, you know, the, the really involved undergraduate Bible study projects, every one of them changed my life. And I think that's probably to, to the credit of a couple of professors who didn't allow us to simply write academic papers. Mm. They were going to, to hold our feet to the fire. They were going to force us to say, this paper is not simply about information. This is about transformation. And so there's something fundamental there. When I assign a paper, I'm going to push very hard on my students to say, don't, don't simply give me answers. Don't simply throw information at me. This, this is not about that. Mm. Um, because there's all kinds of danger there. Sometimes the danger is, and this was a weakness of mine. I remember a professor, and I think he, he sort of meant it as a compliment, <laughs> maybe not entirely. He, he, he recognized in me that I love to be right. Mm. And I love the truth. And I really cared about that more than grades. I didn't care if I got an A. If I was convinced I was right, you can give me whatever grade you want. Mm. And there was a positive to that because grades are not an end all. But there was potentially a negative that, I wanted to have the right answer. And it's not hard at all for those of us that are academically inclined, that love school, that love books, that love research, to simply say, my goal in this project is to get the right answer. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think the only reliable or, or consistent uh, pushback to that is to simply say, every time I open my Bible, it doesn't matter if it's in English or Greek. It doesn't matter if it's for a class or not, for a sermon or not, for my devotionals. It, it, it doesn't matter at all why I'm doing this. The first thing is I am doing this to know God. Mm. And to know God is to be changed. 
by yeah. him. God Amen. doesn't say, now that you know me, I'll just leave you the way you are, right? This is not how God operates, fortunately. Right. So I, I think the, the danger comes from either I, I really like this and I get a lot of satisfaction out of reading. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, you know this very well. The average academic journal article is not targeting personal transformation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's targeting an academic topic. And so if I simply read those journal articles or those commentaries or whatever it is, I can simply get hung up in, oh, I just love the material. I love mm-hmm. the information. Uh, that's for those of us that really are, that gravitate towards this. Right. There's a lot of students that don't. There's a lot of students that really struggle with research, struggle with academics, struggle with college or seminary or whatever it is. And for them, the, the same thing can come about because you can begin to feel I'm less, I'm less of a Christian. I'm less of a follower of Jesus because I don't just love to wake up in the morning and flip Greek vocab cards. I must yeah. be less of a follower of Jesus. Right. And, and you know that that's false. Mm-hmm. And God wires us in different ways and, and designs us in different ways. And, you know, I, I believe when, if you're called to go to seminary, then you're called to work hard at that. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's not a sense of, well, it's just not my thing. I'll slough my way through. No, 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 not, not at all. But there is the danger of saying, if I don't absolutely love every single technical thing, there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not the case. And, and I think you're saying too, you know, you're talking about how some people, some people just love it and some people just won't. If we're not careful, the rigor of the academics will almost become a crutch to carry us through not drawing close to the Lord, spending time with the Lord, Absolutely. praying, Absolutely. devotion, all of that. Almost the rigor will become the God in place yes. of God. Yeah. Yes. And I think that there's a couple different ways to approach that, right? So some will say, do your academic study, you know, read your commentaries, write your research papers, but make sure you also have your devotional time. Make sure you also have your quiet time with the Lord and so forth. And there's a strength to that. And the strength is I'm connecting with God apart from the potential interference of a deadline, of a grade of these. So that's a positive. Uh, The negative is potentially, I forget that even in my academics, I can be in communion with God. Yeah. Because I've separated the two and said, this is about my relationship with God. This is about my academics. Mm -hmm. And so so the other way is to say, no, every time I read the Bible, Mm. Every time, no exceptions, I am here to know God. Now, the danger in that is saying, well, as long as I do that, I I don't need a devotional time. I don't need personal time. And the downside there is, so so here's an example. When when my undergrad, I I was much more of that second mentality. I'm going to, I want to know God no matter what I'm studying this for. If there's a paper or not, don't care. I want to know God. And there's a positive. But the negative was when I graduated and nobody was making me write papers anymore, I wasn't reading my Bible anymore. Mm. Because I was so accustomed to doing it, somebody told me, hey, this this semester you're going to read Romans and Psalms, because those are the mm-hmm. classes you're in. Mm-hmm. And then I graduated and, and was working, and I, I didn't have that habit built in of, I'm with God, I'm, I'm reading my Bible, I'm, I'm doing those things whether or not anybody else is asking me to. So that there's a positive and negative to both approaches. Mm. 
and and you just you take the good, you take the bad, and you yeah. keep an eye on the potential danger, right? Right. And I think it takes Holy Spirit discernment to know. Absolutely. Helping, yeah, helping show us that you're exactly right. That's a great point. Uh, talking about theological research, you say, and this is still in the introduction. You say theological research is like any other research, and then you say theological research is not like any other kind of research. Um. Can you can you drill down on that a little bit? How it is it is in a sense like other research, but then how is it not like every other research? I think that goes a little hand in hand with what we've been talking about as well. But can you expound on that? Sure. Yeah. So if I'll back up a little bit and say, it, with respect to how it's like, there's study involved, there's reading involved, there's papers involved. The, the sort of steps the the five steps I lay out, you could apply those five steps to many different kinds of research. Mm -hmm. But but the difference is, well, a, a couple of things. Uh, my so one of my favorite theologians says essentially that that theology is about the study of God and of everything else in relation to God. So if I'm studying humanity, I'm doing theology because I'm studying humanity specifically as humanity relates to God mm -hmm. and so forth. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in theology, in one sense, you've got these two things, you've got God and everything else in relation to God. And most of my theology papers are specifically about God. Mm -hmm. And then there's all these other disciplines that God gives us in his grace. And they are about those things in relation to God. And so the, so even though in both, in both instances, ultimately, this is about God. If I'm studying creation, I'm getting to know God. Right. There's a directness to theological research. I'm getting to know God. The other part of that that is, is different, and, and there's some caution here. When I study um, biology, Okay. which as a Christian, I, I want to do that. I want to get to know the creation that God put in place mm -hmm. for us to enjoy and rule and so forth. Uh, there are no infallible textbooks on biology. Yeah. Now, Scripture, which is infallible, speaks to biology, of course, but, mm -hmm. but there isn't a book that's specifically on biology, and this is my ultimate primary source, full stop. Yeah. When, when I'm doing theological research, I, I have one of those. I have a book that contains no error about its topic. Mm -hmm. We don't have that anywhere else. Now, right. the caveat to that is my interpretation of that book can err. Absolutely. And we have mm -hmm. to be very careful of that. But I do not, I do not ever stand skeptically with respect to Scripture. Mm -hmm. I stand skeptically with respect to every other source. And that's no. a distinction, I think, between theological research and other kinds where I do have that one source that is completely distinct from all the others. I hope you enjoyed our conversation today. That's just part one. Just some great foundational things about theological research. Tune in next week when I give you what Dr. Kibbe says is five steps to going from just choosing a topic to getting all the way to a thesis and begin to writing your paper. I know you'll enjoy that. Thank you again today for listening to Seminary Support. If you haven't already, please subscribe. You'll get notified every time an episode goes up. Seminary Support can be found in every major podcast player and platform. Feel free to share today's episode with someone that you think would find it helpful. Tell a friend. We've got people telling other people, and they're finding the show, and I know they're enjoying it. 
You can find me on Twitter at Mark McElreed Jr. and all the episodes at www.seminarysupport.com. I always enjoy getting your episode ideas and your feedback at theseminarypodcast at gmail.com. I'm your host, Mark McElreath, and remember, nothing will ever take the place of learning from the Lord Jesus Christ. He calls out, learn of me, and there's an open invitation to that classroom for all of us.